going to the Father's house and exactly what that means. Next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Here in John chapter 14, Jesus tells his disciples and us that he goes to prepare a place for us. In his Father's house are many mansions. So exactly what does that mean and how should that excite us? Well, those are questions we answer today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi, welcome to our broadcast. Take a few moments and join us here in John chapter 14, won't you, as we take a look at the Father's house and our final destination. With today's broadcast of Truth For Today Now, our teacher and pastor. Here's Pastor Phil Howard. Man is a wanderer. He's a rolling stone. He's in exile. That's why he, he's restless. It's why you can't get him to settle down. It's why he's looking for some relief. And I read the writings of Paul Turner, a Swiss psychiatrist and uh, believer and uh, he wrote a book called A Place for You and he studied children that were rent out of their home environment and were torn away from the home maybe through divorce maybe uh, in war the parents were killed dad died mom uh, what's going on in Syria what's goes on all over the world where there's fighting and all of a sudden, we've got all these homeless children in Africa with the AIDS virus. Many children left by themselves, growing up by themselves. And Turner, as he dealt with them, uh, he said there was something in these children that uh, they would say, I'm trying to find a place where I can be without being hurt. He tells the story of counseling a, a young man in conflict, left his parents over conflict. And uh, as he was counseling the young man, one day he said to him, basically, I'm always looking for a place for somewhere to be, for somewhere to belong. My daughter and Sean wanted to adopt. So they went to the foster care system. Sometimes these children have been in five different homes. Sometimes in the homes of pedophiles. Sometimes in the homes of people that they are simply rental property because the state of California will pay you a check every month just to feed them and clothe them. They don't guarantee you won't hurt them. And you're supposed to come out normal you're supposed to come out like everything's okay. Like you're really loved and welcome. No, you're not. You represent $500 a month. And if you cross us enough, we'll give you back to the state. How would you like to be that kind of property? And Jesus is telling these men, the Father's got a house where you'll be welcome in. And there won't be any wondering in heaven. There won't be any evictions. I'm going to take you to a home. We lost our home in Eden. And we've been rolling stones ever since. It's only when you come to Christ. You find home again. And he settles down in your heart. And guarantees you. You've got a home forever. 
Dwight L. Moody tells the story of a very wealthy man that uh, uh, he was dying and he had a four-year-old little girl and she went to mama and was inquiring about dad who was on his deathbed. Uh, what's wrong with daddy? What's wrong with daddy? And mom did not want to uh, bring her untold grief. She simply kept telling the child, daddy is going away. Daddy is going away. The little girl went to the side of her father and these are the words she said. Papa, have you got a home in the land to where you're going? Do you have a home beyond this world? Or will it be hell which is eternal exile from the living God? Eternal exile. Eternal away from the God you rejected for your sin. For Jesus to tell us, I've got a home for you. He's saying, I'm going to give you back everything you lost in Eden plus more. I'm going to give you more than you lost. I've got a place called the Father's house that I'm going to take you. So men, stop being troubled. I've got a home. We used to sing, I have a home beyond the river. I have a home somewhere beyond the sky. I grew up with people that sang a lot about heaven. And when you live in Harbor Gate and pay $30 a month rent, and you got seven of you living in about a 600 square foot house, poor Okies and poor white trash sing a lot about heaven. Because they had no heaven here. And they weren't figuring out the 401k. They were trying to figure out what they eat that week. Anybody ever been there? I'm worried about my 401k. Oh, throw up. You ought to be saying I've only got a day between me and starvation. And then I came to Jesus. And I don't know if I'll eat tomorrow. But I've got a home beyond the river. I've got a home. I've got a home. I've got a home. Now he says something that is marvelous. For I go to prepare a place for you. The reason I'm going, the reason I'm leaving you, is I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now let me tell you how I always understood this verse. And I'll ask how many of you have been on board with me. I always figured he, he's going back to heaven. And if he's going to prepare it, he's going to fix it up. And I read James Boyce, who gave a beautiful illustration that when you hear you're going to have a baby girl, uh, if you're going to have a baby boy, well, come on, you've got to decorate the room pink or blue. Or uh, if your mother uh, is going to move in with you uh, and you're fixing up a place where they're going to be, you want to move their room as far away from the kids as you can. <laughs> Paint the room black, whatever. You know, you want to make them feel at home. You know, you're, you're adapting to who's going to be living there. And so, Boyce gives this beautiful illustration of he's going to decorate. And I've always liked that idea. And I thought that's what it probably meant. That's why you don't want to study. When you study, you have to change your views. 
And some of you rather die than change your view, right? Because you've always been right. Well, D.A. Carson gives us beautiful insight. This is what he says. These words presuppose that the place exists before Jesus gets there. Listen. Did, did the dwelling places already exist? Or does he have to get there and make them? I can't hear you. They're, they're already existence? How many agree? How many of you are afraid to say? In my father's house are many dwelling places, right? They're already there. Well, what in the world are you going to prepare? Watch. It is not that he arrives on the scene and then begins to prepare the place. Rather, in the context of John's theology, it is the going itself by way of the cross and resurrection that prepares the place for Jesus' disciples. And if he takes such trouble as to go to the cross and die for his own, isn't it inconceivable that he would not bring them into the place? The preparation for the place. He had to go to the cross to purchase you a right to the place. The real estate's already there. But you were never going to occupy it until he goes to the cross. He had to go to the cross to rent your room for eternity. That's what prepared the place. The real estate was there. The rooms were there. But you weren't going to be there. But he went to the cross and he purchased a people that will live and live in those dwelling places for all eternity. And the rent was paid at the cross forever. That is the way he prepared the place. Not it was already there. Correct your theology and agree with me. I feel so good. <laughs> Fourthly, I will be coming back for you. Uh, I'm not just going away. I plan to come back. And I will come back for you. And uh, I will come back. And I will welcome you. I love this. I will come again. And ESV and NIV say take you. But it's too. Uh, it doesn't capture. The word receive you is better. And this word receive you. Was used of a man receiving his bride. Uh, let me ask you women how you feel this way. I took a bride. Or I received a bride. I welcomed a bride. Do the dishes. I mean, no, I welcomed the bride. It's a word of warmth. It's a, a word of welcome. A word of embracing. And so Christ is saying, I'm coming again, and when I'm coming again, I'm not sending Gabriel or Michael to get you. I'm going to receive you to myself because you're my bride. I'm coming for you like an oriental man went to get his bride and take the bride back to the father's house. It's going to be a tender reunion when we see Jesus. I'm not afraid of Jesus coming. I'm longing for it. I used to be afraid of it. I'm no longer afraid. How many of you anticipated? I'm, I'm looking forward to him coming. Some of you said, well, it messed up our vacation. <laughs> I never forget Karen Fernandez. I was getting ready to marry them out at their ranch. 
and, and she was there. She'd been waiting. And so uh, the week before, I said, Karen, are you all excited? Are you ready? And she said, I've just been praying Jesus won't come for another week. <laughs> I tell you, when she got married, she started praying that he'd come anytime. <laughs> anytime, Jesus, rescue me. I just remember, hold off, Jesus, hold off. I want to marry Steve. And then they became post-tribulational because she's now in the trib. She knows it. Uh, I will be coming back to welcome you. Somebody send her that tape. She'll love it. He's coming again. We will be with Christ forever. What a beautiful thing. That's the final thing he says. Where I am, you're going to be. I, I've got to go by way of the cross. I'm leaving you to prepare the place. It will take my life. I'll have to be in a grave for three days. I'll have to ascend. And I'm going to leave you in the world 2,000 years. Wow. They had no idea. No idea. Will he still have a church if he delays another 1,000 years? Yeah. I think so. We thought the church was totally lost in 313 A.D. when Constantine declared the Roman Empire Christian. The worst thing he ever did to Christianity. Because everybody's now a Christian. It's kind of Americanism. A Christian country. It's the worst thing we could ever say. It's a pagan country in need of God. We're just free to preach Christ. Thank God. Thank God for those liberties. But quit calling us a Christian country. We're a bunch of sinners that need Christ. That's why we've got to become missionaries and quit going on about all of our nationalism and all of the flag. That's wonderful. One, but we haven't done. That's not the reason we're still here. We're here to evangelize people, to bring them to Christ, and to help get them to heaven. That's why I pray you'll be praying for our Vacation Bible School. You folks, we pay for this. We buy the equipment. They recruit 150 adults so far. These people teach. They give. Uh, they, they're wonderful. They take care of these. But we're not doing it to be a social outlet. We're trying to plant a seed that maybe God once in a while saves an eight-year-old. Once in a while, he saves a seven-year-old. Once in a while, he saves somebody before 13. Anybody here saved before 13? Look at you. So, if your heart's troubled today, I could only give you the remedy of Jesus. Five things. Trust me. Two, know this world is not your home. And there's plenty of sorrow here. But I'm taking you to the Father's house. Three, I'll prepare the place, even if it costs me my life. I'll prepare a place. Because I'm going to populate heaven with sinners. Is that not amazing? The only people that can go to heaven are sinners. And I'm fearful of who my neighbor might be. But he will save. And he will change. And then you will be with me forever. I'm coming again. And the question comes up. They're listening. And they speak up. And you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas says, no, I don't. I'm scared. And so next week we're going to look at how you can know how to get to the Father's house. 
Do you know how to get there? Some of you here today aren't going to the Father's house. At this present time, you're going as a wandering rolling stone to the exile of hell. That's what hell is. C.S. Lewis once said, God made hell because he would not make anybody go to heaven. If you don't want Jesus, you don't want to be in place where he's the light of the city and he's the attraction. See, there's some folks say, oh, yeah, I want to go to heaven. Do you love Jesus? I don't want Jesus. I want heaven. You don't get heaven without Jesus. If you'll accept Jesus, God will throw heaven in free. There's an old song that Fanny Crosby used to sing. The blind songwriter, this is the way the words go. And some of you gray heads ought to be able to hum it when I read the words. I say gray heads with respect, by the way. I'm ancient myself. Someday the silver cord will break, and I no more as now shall sing. But oh, the joy when I shall awake within the palace of the king. Someday my earthly home will fall. I cannot tell how soon twill be, but this I know, my all in all, has now a place in heaven for me. And here's the chorus. You got to know it. And I shall see him face to face and tell the story saved by grace. And I shall see him face. Now, those are great words for Fanny Crosby. He was blind all of her life. And I shall see him face to face. My first glimpse a vision will be when I see him. And I will sing, saved by grace. You see, Jesus will be what makes it heaven to me. I don't want angels. I don't want diamonds. I don't want streets of gold. Keep it all. I want to be the one who prepared the way and has five wounds in his body to say, that's how I prepared the place for you. That's who I want to be with, Jesus. If heaven has no Jesus, cancel my reservation. Wherever he's going to be, that's where I'm going. He said, I can be with him forever. <laughs> Would you like to go to heaven? Receive Jesus. And as broke as you can be, as many troubles as you may have in this life, it's unending just to know you've got heaven. I never forget an uh, interview of a black gentleman in Mississippi. That was a uh, sharecropper. His people, he'd been on this land since his parents, going back to uh, nearly the Civil War. He was an old man at the interview, sitting on an old chair on a shanty down in Mississippi. And one of the major newsrooms, I don't know why they were even doing the article, they were, I think, checking the blight of the black population there. And here he is, never owned any land, had worked the property like his parents had. Oh, there was no shower in that house. There was no heat. They're just a poor African-American on a porch in the middle of a cotton field. And they're interviewing him. 
How are you surviving? How have you made it? And at the end of the interview, he simply said, I've never owned any property here. I've just worked these fields with my daddy and mama and my people for generations. But he said, I want to tell you, Mr. Newsman, I'm rich in God. For I've got a home beyond the river. I know where I'm going. I'm rich in God. And I looked at that man. His net worth would be 300 bucks. But you can die a rich man and go to hell forever. Or be a poor Lazarus who said, I've taken Jesus as my Savior. And nobody gave me enough money to get me out of poverty. But I know where I'll be for eternity. And in eternity, I'll be comforted in the bosom of Abraham. Well, I want to tell you, I'm going to get a better bosom than Abraham's. I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to be with him forever. That's where we're going. That's why the greatest thing on the earth today is churches that preach Christ and try to reach poor lost sinners and say, end your exile, come home, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You'll find a home for eternity. Our Father, I thank you I've got a home. I've got a Savior. And I've got a place. And I've got eternity made. Just because of the cross and the empty tomb and you tracked me down on 15th and Cuddy and gave me eternal life. I bless your name. I bless your name. I thank you for this man in Mississippi who knew what was really lasting riches, having a home in heaven through Jesus and not owning a bunch of land. It was Jesus that had made him rich. You have made us rich, Father, in your Son. And we thank you. We thank you that we get to serve you and love you. And we thank you for family to make the journey to heaven with. That other pilgrims, other believers, this family of believers, we're not going to heaven as a solo flight. We're going as a flock of sheep. We need each other. We need each other. It would get lonely if it was just us. But you're saving millions. Millions will be around the throne, not just a few. Hundreds of thousands of believers throughout the earth. What a day when Jesus comes back for his own. What a day that will be. Thank you. You put us in your divine family. And thank you you gave us human families out of your love and graciousness. Bless every dad here today. Bless every family unit. The children of the Dad, may they come to know Christ. Save, save. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, he writes, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, he says, these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And at the end of the day, that's what our series through the book of John is all about, that you would believe, that you would have life in his name. You have questions? We might have some answers. If not, we definitely have access to the one who does through prayer. We'd love to hear from you. Please 
feel free to get in touch with us. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, maybe you'd like to listen to today's program again or obtain the entire series, well, feel free to get a hold of us at 855-833-9864. Again, that's a toll-free call, 855-833-9864. Otherwise, you can visit our website, valleybible.org. We have resource materials available there, books, as well as information about who we are and what we believe. If you'd like to join us for worship at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our service time and location and directions can all be found again at valleybible.org. Or if you wish to speak with someone again, call 855-833-9864. Now, if you are writing to us, especially if you are planning to be a TFT sustainer, supporting the ministry financially as you're being blessed day by day here from Truth For Today, well, you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Now, as a TFT sustainer, we'd like to remind you that no gift is too small, no gift is too large. And as you partner with us, please remember that your tax-deductible donation all goes back into the ministry, 100%. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, our annual special gift, and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. Plus, also the benefit of knowing that this ministry will continue here on KFAX Monday through Friday, as well as Sunday. So contact us today, 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 